Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Hey. How you doing over there, man? Man, I got this frog in my throat. <sighs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's a precursor of things to come or if it's just like, it's just been a day with the wind and crap the past couple of days, but how are you, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, speaking of frog in my throat, it sounds like UT. Oh. It's going to be, nice. uh, it's going to win tonight. It's going on, uh, going on a pretty good little run here. It's, it's kind of weird. You know, tech had their big game on Monday. They have seven oh my days gosh. We'll, or six whole days off or whatever it is. And, and we'll definitely talk about that game. No, I, I'm going to blame I don't know this. what to do on a Tuesday. This is me. I lost my voice last night mm. with a double overtime game. That, that That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to say. Dude, as, as <laughs> lifelong chief fans, you and I endured back-to-back overtime thrillers Sunday night and Monday, Monday night. night. So, yeah, I mean, then, we're, we're just lucky to be alive. And then the rest of the playoffs this weekend were uh, all decided. Like, all four games had a field goal go through the uprights as time expired. Yes. In, in, in regulation. In regulation. And which is crazy. Change the outcome of the game. More than just... Well, yeah, because it wasn't, yeah, it was, it wasn't just like a, I mean, you wouldn't kick a field goal as time <laughs> yeah, expired otherwise. Point. Unless you, unless you are Baylor, you but, wouldn't kick a field goal if you're up by 14. Yeah. Three to, of them. Just because. Three of them were game winning. One was game extending. Um, and then the outcry was like, we need to change the, the overtime rules. It's like, no, no, we're not doing that again. Anyways, I, I, I get it, but I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> the teams combined for 25 points in two minutes. Like there was no defense playing. Had you played defense, the game would have ended differently. Like for either side, like had Kansas city not given up the drive that left them 13 seconds. And Oh, how have there been so many fantastic 13 second jokes made in the past couple of days, but it's true. <clears throat> excuse me. Anyways, we'll we'll, we'll talk, definitely talk about the the Kansas game as that was last night. Um, I was gearing up, uh, going into the end of regulation and then first overtime. I was like, I had my my phone. I was gonna like, Michael, we're jumping on instant reaction. And the second overtime, I was like, I don't think we're getting on instant reaction. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. I I was awake, but um, I was the only obviously the only one awake and had been by a couple hours at that point. So I. I don't know how awake I would have been. Yeah, but we'll we'll definitely talk about that game. We'll talk about the West Virginia game a little bit more, and then we'll look ahead to Mississippi State, 
which is this weekend. But if you want to follow us, guys, you can follow us on Twitter at 23Personnel, at PuntsSuck, and at Michael underscore LBK. Um, and guys, today's episode of the 23Personnel show, 23Personnel podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports, much like food and sports clashing at the goal line. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team rising, a rising tide lists all boats. So go check them out online or on social, go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S P R T S D R N K. That's sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Also, and I hate to do this, everybody. Um, we are shifting to another. We're going to pilot another online broadcast platform coming up here in a couple of weeks called Colorcast. Um, so go ahead and, and be looking for that in the Apple Store. We will for what is it? Twelve weeks, Michael. Mm-hmm. Three months. Yep. We're going to be going live. We're basically do it. We're going to do our recording like we do now live you'll be able to, to, to tune in live every tuesday night we will also be doing all of our instant reactions over on there we will also be re- re- releasing all of the recordings from those shows so if you don't want to keep up with it like the the show will not shift to live only we will have a live component if you wish to catch us live or you can catch us a few days or weeks later whatever your preference color cast be on the lookout for that that is coming soon all right michael Let's yes. uh let's talk about basketball, man. Yes. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he stepped back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bowman. Get a crowd strip by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover in the line. Oh! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into three. Going to puts it down. Already. Odiasi. Throw bars it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Step it up big time. Michael, let's do a, uh, a quick recap of the West Virginia game from Saturday. We did do an instant reaction because of the big victory that afternoon. Texas Tech tucks down West Virginia in Lubbock, 78-65. You had a pretty um, solid, you know, first half. You go in up by 2, 36-34. Then you put the clamps on a little bit. But also your offense comes out a little better, a little stronger. Uh, where you have 42 second half points and only allow them to score 31. Um, Taz Sherman, my goodness, uh, he was, if West Virginia was going to win this game or keep it close, it was going to be on 
the shooting of Taz, Taz Sherman or his shooting abilities. Let's put it that way. 36 minutes. So played almost the entire game. 21 points. It was better than 50% from the field. Eight of 15, two of four from three. Perfect from the line and had five rebounds, two assists and a steal. It felt, it felt like anytime he caught the ball in the half court, man, it was dangerous. Like you were just like, oh, here we go. He's going to put something ridiculous shot up and it just more, more than likely is going to go in. Um, the other guy you were kind of worried about, Sean McNeil, played even more minutes, 37, but only had seven points. Two of seven shooting, O of three from three, three of That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Four from the line. <clears throat> Excuse me. One assist, one steal. Yeah, um, really, we're able to limit him and, you know, pretty much everyone else. Just as Tech's been doing for the most part this year in the paint. Just 16 points in the paint allowed with West Virginia in town. Um, definitely a game changer there. Something else I didn't realize is Malik Curry come off the bench shooting seven free throws, a perfect seven for seven. That's not bad. He was their second leading scorer uh, with 11 points, seven of which were from free throws. And speaking of free throws, uh, Texas Tech shot 36. I think we did mention that last mm-hmm. week. It was a 50-burger in terms of fouls called. Texas Tech attempted, sorry, they made more free throws than West Virginia attempted. Texas Tech was 25 of 36. West Virginia was 18 of 22. They were obviously shot a better free throw percentage at 82%. Wow, Michael. Just destroying your mic stand over there. Oh, did I? I didn't mean to hit that. <laughs> Texas Tech. I was, I was trying to take off my vest. I got a little got a little toasty in here. Texas Tech, 25 of 36 for just under 70%. Um, but really, it was a a, a great showing at home. Um, you were excited to get you the students there. Early morning Saturday game. Um, unfortunately, like you had the potential for a great crowd and great atmosphere. But the way the game was played, especially with West Virginia, with all the fouls, all the stoppages in play, like you just could never get any momentum. You couldn't, like the crowd didn't, wasn't able to get into it very well. Um, you had like a, like, like this was one, one example, but you had like a timeout taken at 401 and then the under four media timeout five seconds later. Um, like there was stuff like that happening a lot through the game. And obviously when you have 50 fouls, it's a lot of stoppages in play. You just couldn't get any like real rhythm and momentum going to really get the the crowd into it, but obviously they're a factor. You you're still if I 
if I'm not mistaken, you're still uh, undefeated at home this season, right, right Michael? Uh, correct, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so you had that, and you had the quick turnaround to go to Big Monday up in Lawrence. Going into this game, let me be honest, I was just I was dreading it. I was like, I do not like our chances. Um, and there was a, there was a moment I can't remember if it was it was in the first half or if it was more beginning first few minutes in the second half where it felt like as much work as Texas Tech had done to keep the game close, um, the fouls started to pile up um, and they were they were bad fouls. They were some really bad looks on offense when you had the ball down there. Just bad shot creation. I was like, this feels like when the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kansas, to their, their credit, as, as a great team as they are, built a 12-point lead, and you, they had six minutes to go in the game. Um, but Texas Tech, man, they like they, they lit a fire, um, obviously, and came all the way back from, from 12 under to tie it going obviously at the end of the game to force overtime. Um, but one, but before we talk about the, the, I guess individual periods, man, we can't, we can't not talk about Bryson Williams and his performance against Kansas, both games this year. And then against them, obviously when they played him last year from, from when he was at UTEP, but of, the 50 minutes that was that were played last night, he played 40 minutes, put up 33 points on 14 of 19 from the field, a perfect four of four from the from three point land. Only shot one free throw, made that. Um, as his presence was felt in the paint, it just wasn't so much so on the rebounding off the glass. He had five rebounds, one assist, and one steal. But my goodness, man, 33 points. If you're going to be trying to keep pace with Ochag Baji, when he drops 37, um, you had, you know, one of your big men go out for 33 points. Like, dude was just absolutely on fire last night. I should have, I should have double checked on what this is, but I think this is, this is the most points anyone in a Red Raider uniform has scored in quite some time. I don't remember what, I remember seeing that floated or floating around a little bit on Twitter as the game was ending and maybe a little bit this morning when I was recovering, trying to wake up and get ready for work. But speaking of ready for work, Bryson Williams, Good, uh, gravy, you, you know, he's, I, I think I mentioned this. I'm not going to lump you in with me because this was a bad thing to mention, but it, it, in preseason, not preseason, but pre-conference play, there were a lot of times that he seemed to really shine when we were playing against some lower tier teams, some teams that were not on the same level. And then we'd run into a Providence or we'd run into a Tennessee or something and he might struggle a little bit. And I was, I was kind of worried about that. I don't know why, Um, you know, he's, he's proven to be the most consistent guy especially since big 12 play has started. I haven't run the numbers in a while, but I'm sure after this it's gone up. I mean, he, he went from averaging about 11 or 12 points per game for the year. Um, he's probably up to 15 or 16 points, maybe more in every big 12 game. And I mean, that was just a phenomenal display, the footwork, the way he was able to, you know, he, he get the ball 
seven, eight feet from the basket, he could score from there. Uh, whether he drove or whether he shot it from there, he, he could, he could get open. If he was down low, he was going to get open. He was going to spin on you three or four times. He was, he was going to face you up pump fake. He, he was going to find an open man. I mean, he only had one assist, but you know, there was no real reason for him to because <laughs> be he did doing himself. too much. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure he was passing it to the other guys, but, and we'll get to this too. A lot of the other guys were struggling. Mm-hmm. And so he was probably finding some open guys, but they just weren't able to hit those shots last night. But Bryson Williams, just incredible. I, I wish they'd have been able to go to him more, but man, they started fronting him. They started pushing him out of the lane. They, they were really working him, um, but still somehow weren't really doubling him that much, which surprised me. I, I, I think it, it was like they decided before the game started that we're not going to let Bryson Williams beat us. And then even when he had 27 or whatever, they still were like, Oh yeah, well we're not going to let, or if, if Bryson Williams beats us, he beats us or, or whatever the, th- the thought process behind that was, it just, they didn't, they adjusted a little bit, but mm-hmm. definitely not enough. Uh, he was phenomenal. I loved, I love to see him. And like, like, yeah, he had such a great game and, and you kind of hate that it overshadows the performance that, Kevin O'Banner had like in 34 minutes he put up 17 points six of eight shooting one of three from three and four of six from the line um had eight rebounds uh three blocks 17 points like I said he had a, a quietly a really good game because I think everybody was talking about Ogbaji and Bryson Williams um but O'Banner put up 17 Davion Warren put up a quiet 15 um, and he, he had a really good like offensive line. The three of these guys together um, put up 65 points, man. Um, he was five of nine from the field, one of one from three, four of six from the line, had three rebounds. Um, looks like he did foul out, though. Yeah, he had some rough fouls. Uh, yeah. th- I, that's my only real complaint with how he played. I, I think there were... S- quite a few of those fouls that you were talking about earlier where it felt like the wheels were coming off. I think he was part of that. Um, I do think he obviously fouled pretty late uh, to get up to five, but, but man, he, I didn't realize how much he contributed on the stat line. It, It was a very quiet 15 points. I don't know how that's possible in a game like this where offense was so hard to find, but he was, really great. He, he brought a lot of energy. He was able to draw some fouls, you know, like you mentioned, got to the line six times, missed a couple of big ones towards the end. Um, I'm trying not to be negative Nancy here because I'm still proud of what this team was able to do, but we've got to point out just a couple of things we saw while watching it. But, um, I, you know, was, was glad that he was able to make a three. O'Banner made a timely three. You know, he hasn't had very good luck lately, like you mentioned, Bryson Williams, four for four, including a really big one. Was it an overtime where he hit the bank three? I think the so. first overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, those three guys really were fun to watch. And I hate that it's, like you said, it's it's overshadowed by, you know, O'Banner and Warren's performance is overshadowed a little bit by Williams and Agbaji. And, you know, Agbaji was fantastic. We'll get to him, I'm sure. But, uh it's also overshadowed by kind of the the vitriol you saw a lot on Twitter. Maybe not vitriol. Some of it were people just voicing their opinions. But 
it got to where it was just an echo chamber of people with the exact same opinion of how they thought Shannon and McCuller played. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of, you know, day two here, we've got several days to stew on this until Mississippi state comes to town. So this is where we are now where there's, there's been some, um, direct threats made to these guys. I think McCuller tweeted or had an Instagram story. I'm not, I'm not very hip. I don't know. Was it on TikTok? I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know. But but it was like a photo that I think his dad posted on Twitter, but I think it was a photo of a Instagram story. Sorry guys. But anyway, some really bad fans and some hopefully not fans, but have said some really bad things to these guys directly. You know, it's one thing to kind of voice some opinions out on Twitter on the, on the sphere of things. It's another to tag these guys or or message them directly or try to tell them face to face how much you're disappointed in them or whatever. Um, But that's another thing that's good. That's kind of overshadowing how well this team played is. Yeah. There were a couple of guys that, you normally see perform well offensively. They had a rough night, you know, combined. They were two for 21 from the field. They were over nine from three. Um, you know, it was just not their night offensively, but they busted their butts on defense. You know, McCuller played 44 minutes. He played the most out of anybody on the team. Um, I think the most out of aside from McBaji. Now there were a couple, man, Self really had those guys playing a lot. Uh, yeah. And Christian, Christian Brown only had one minute off. He yeah, played he had 49. 49. Jalen uh, Wilson, 48. Yeah. Like Bonji uh, had 46. So, yeah. Aside of those three, uh, McCuller played the most out of anybody. So, I, you know, we may have some criticism here in there, but it's more just going to be stating facts that they had a rough, they had a rough go of it. But Bryson Williams, O'Banner, and Warren really picked up the slack. And Shannon and McCuller were still able to make differences on uh, the defensive end. You know, Shannon had a couple of steals. Combined, they had five rebounds. Uh, They stayed out of foul trouble pretty much. They both had three fouls. They had six assists combined. So they were finding guys. They were were doing what they could. Um, But I just hate that it came down to a, as the week has gone, the week it's Tuesday but as uh, as time has gone since that game it's kind of turned into um, you know just kind of a gross story and a gross feeling of how these guys have been attacked basically on social media and I know that none of our listeners are doing that so no, of course kudos not. kudos to y'all I, I know it's I'm no I'm probably preaching to the choir here but it is happening and we need to acknowledge it and definitely discourage it by any and all means. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it comes from, you have a, such an emotional game um, and you look to your, your two leaders and, and see that they didn't perform very well. Um, and like, I mean, as much as, as any one little thing could change the outcome in a three point game that you played over 50 minutes and you look at like, well, if, Shannon had just hit one three or if McCuller had hit one of his threes or just didn't go one of 10 or one from 11 from the field or whatever little nitpicky stat you want to pick at. I mean, yeah, you can do that. Uh, and you know, that's well within your, your right to, to look at that, 
you know, on the stat line, but, um, it just, for whatever reason, you had three guys that did really well in offense last night, Bryson Williams, Kevin O'Banner, Davion Warren, the other seven that played combined for 26 points, seven guys, 26 points. Um, it wasn't just Terrence Shannon and, and Kevin McCullough, like Marcus Santos Silva had five points. Adonis arms kind of disappeared. He had four points. I'm not calling these guys out. That's, that's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just saying like, it wasn't just a Terrence Shannon or a Kevin McCullough thing. So we can't lay the loss at the feet of one player. Um, and, and then like, if you want to look at s- some team stats where you didn't do so well, um, like, Honestly, if you want to look at the rebounding disparity here, like you probably should have lost this game by a bigger margin. Kansas had 50 rebounds in the night to your 38. They had a plus 12 rebound advantage. They also had 40 points in the paint. You know, we just talked about how great it was that Tech was able to hold West Virginia to what, 16? Mm -hmm. And that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot for what Tech's been able to do. But, you know, Kansas has such a great offense. And, yes, this was a double OT game. I'm sure that affects it somewhat, but not that much. I mean, 40 points allowed in the paint. This is a good a good team. I mean, this is a good team that Tech played on the road, down by 12 with 633 left, tied it back. I mean, just an incredible performance by this by this group. And I'm not trying to be moral victory guy because it, it was frustrating. And you mentioned how emotional it was just for us, just for the fans watching it, me laying in, in my cozy bed in Lubbock, Texas, watching Agbaji hit that, you know, that shot to send it to double overtime. And you're just, Oh my gosh, I, I can't, I can't go through another one. You know, imagine how these guys felt playing it. It's just, where the net didn't even move. Oh, I, that, and that's what I expected to see when he shot at the end of regulation. When he, when he threw that is almost the exact same spot mm-hmm. and he threw that up at the end of regulation. I was like, Oh, that's going in. And it didn't, I thought, Oh, whew. boy, we lucked out, but no, he, uh, he redeemed himself. <laughs> he totally got it. And I think the first time he had 24 or something against tech, he's, yeah. he's, he's just a fun guy to watch. He's so good. Yeah. Um, and, and like there was a tweet from one of the, the Jayhawk blogs basically said like, Holy crap! Like Texas Tech is a really good team. I'm glad that we're done with them. Yeah, the the feeling is mutual, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am glad we don't have to see Ugbaji and Brown and McCormick again, um, because they like a lot like Texas Tech. They had three offensive performances from, and th- that was them. Ugbaji had 37, Brown had 15, McCormick had 13. Nobody else had uh, any more than nine, which I guess is still a little bit closer than um, McCuller, who had five. Jalen Wilson, Remy Martin felt like he played a lot of minutes. Like he seemed like they were always on him. Like the camera's always on him. He played 22 yeah. minutes. He played less than half the game, but it was like him and like Mitch Lightfoot. Like it, it seemed like whenever they were on the court, they were the center of attention. Um, Remy Martin kind of had like a, at least it was kind of interesting. He had like a, a Nadolny feel because he came in and immediately just kind of charged everything up and, took over the spotlight naturally a little bit, which Nadolny can kind of do, especially for tech fans who are familiar with it and everything. But yeah, the, the broadcast crew made a couple of remarks about him. I think he'd been hurt for a while or, or something and just kind of how much he charges things up. And yeah, he does, uh, you know, they did bring a lot of attention to him, but he brought a lot on himself too. He was able to, you know, he had five assists during that time. I mean, he was, he was, 
dishing the rock, baby. He was, he was talking some smack too. Yeah. He um, was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you end up losing that game. Um, 94, 91 in double overtime. Um, again, you, you saw a lot of, a lot more, I mean, if you want to call it backhanded compliments or just people that are that just from a national perspective, haven't played, paid as close of, of attention as we have, um, saying like, this says more about how good Texas tech is that they in Lawrence one pushed d- d- double overtime. Um, but it was a three point game, but like just all those things stacking up. And like you saw, uh, uh, was it Seth Goodman or John Goodman, whatever his name is. <laughs> Is it Seth or John? It's John, right? I don't know. He had one of those backhanded comments. Like, that was a good performance for Tech. Like, and, and I'm not like, I'm not delivering it properly. Um, no, I think you got the voice right. Or or like what he actually said. But it was just one of those things where like, okay, dude. Like, yes, we, we end up losing the game and that's 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 fine. Like, you can't change the outcome of that. Um, but anyways... So now you get six days off. And uh, one of the things I, I, I kind of said to Samantha, and I don't want to like, like toot my own horn here or whatever, but I was like, I'm, I'm just glad that regardless of the outcome of the Kansas game, because at that point when I, when I said it, I was just expecting not a close game. I said, we have so much time between this, this Kansas game and the next meaningful Big 12 basketball game that it can't beat you twice. Kansas can't beat you twice. There's too much time. Um, and then obviously you've got Mississippi state this weekend before you get to Texas on Tuesday, next Tuesday. Um, but my goodness, how much, like how awesome would that have been? Had they been able to pull it out last night? Um, preferably in, in, in regulation, but not, if not the, the first overtime where you had, you had a three point or five point lead at one point, you just like, you felt good. Um, and they were, I mean, I don't want to like harp on officiating. Like everybody understands it's like playing Texas football in Austin. Like th- th- there's some weird calls and there were some calls that definitely benefited tech. Like there was one, yeah. I remember like um, clearly knocked out of bounds by a Kansas player and they oh. gave it to tech and it felt like there was a makeup call when like this, like the exact same thing happened. And then that, that like literally back to back plays of goaltending where, um, that they goaltended a shot that Bryson Williams took. And then like he blocked a shot on the very next possession and they, and they reviewed it, the same thing and, and determined it was goaltending. Um, one thing out of all that, I, I just want to, I just want to just mention, I don't remember who that referee is. Like the one that had the short hair, it was kind of thinning up top. He looked so disgusted to make the correct call that it was goaltending when Texas tech, like the, the first time, but then he was so emphatic and with a big grin on his face when he called it for, for, for Kansas, the next play, I was like, I, I, I don't understand that. Like 30 seconds ago, you were like begrudgingly like count it. Let's move on. And then when they go back to review it for Kansas, like count the basket <clears throat> tech balls. Like, okay, dude, he was just excited. I don't know. He was excited for Kansas. Um, but no, like, like this was a game that was, it was frustrating. Um, the, the officiating, there were some frustrating moments, but it wasn't a thing. And, and maybe it's just because I just had written it off that you were playing in Lawrence. Um, and they had such a, just a raucous atmosphere that you just kind of understood. Like there were going to be some times where like, yeah, that that's a, that's a fog call, right? Like you get that call 
in 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 Allen Fieldhouse. Um, like I said, it, it it there were definitely times where it went both ways, where you felt like, "Whoa, that actually helped Texas Tech." Yeah, it um, it was it was suspect here and there, but it was not. It didn't define the game. I mean, I don't think it. it but but yeah, but these guys could not call out of bounds correct to save their lives. I mean, the, I think everyone that they went to kind of they couldn't review yet. And poor Fran Fraschilla was like, well, well, uh, they that, could was clear, review. that was clearly off tech, but it's tech ball. And then a few beats later, well, that was clearly off Kansas, but it's Kansas's ball. I don't know. It's just kind of hard to see those. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just kind of go back to it. Tech's, tech's getting that now. I mean, I mean, we, we saw that with West Virginia with the, the free throw disparity. Uh, yeah. Maybe West Virginia wasn't driving or attacking the basket quite as much, but tech shot more or they made more free throws than West Virginia shot. As you pointed out, there were 50 fouls in that game. And I fully expect there to be 50 fouls in Morgantown a week from Saturday and that they will shoot double the amount of free throws that tech will. I mean, it's just going to be kind of one of those things, but I think tech is seeing some of that slip their way. And a lot of that has to do with the Raider riot and just kind of the subliminal, aspect of coaching in front of such a a vibrant fan base that I, mean, I say coaching officiating in front of such a vibrant fan base that you're you're going to you know you might lean that way just a little bit yeah but anyway yeah I, that wasn't there were some yeah there were some kooky things going on but I never felt some, like it was. Yeah, they, it was like, a, oh well, obviously that's good because sometimes I do feel that way, and I always say it on the podcast when I do. But this game, I didn't. It was just, ah, right, come on, guys. Well, like <laughs> I said, like what goaltending is. Like you, you would see one of those calls, like oh, that's a fog call. But then, like twenty seconds later, like you'd get the same kind of head scratching call that went in your favor. You're like, well. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I guess it's not just because we're playing in Kansas. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Here we, or go. we would maul somebody, just absolutely maul somebody in the paint, and nothing would, no whistles would get blown. You're like, oh, all right. okay. okay. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm fine with that, guys. All right. So after last night, Texas Tech falls to 15 and five on the season, five and three in Big 12 play. Uh, still good for third in the conference. Uh, Kansas, number five, Kansas is, is one at 17 and two, six and one. Baylor is. Fourth in the country, second in Big Twelve at eighteen and two, six and two in Big Twelve play, and then Texas Tech. And then you've got um, TCU at fourth. Somehow, as we talked about them being the worst, one of the worst teams in the conference, they're right there at fourth right now. Um, they are starting to get to the the difficult portion of their their conference season. They've only played five games, whereas Texas Tech has played eight. Baylor's played eight. Kansas has played seven. Uh, TCU's playing right now. They're getting blown out at home by Texas, who is fifth. You know, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Oklahoma, who is a little far back from what I would have expected them. They're twelve and seven. Oklahoma is two and five and Big Twelve play. Iowa State somehow still ranked at ninth in the conference, and Kansas State ten and nine, two and six and Big Twelve play. The game's not like I said. Uh, Kansas State excuse me, was at Baylor at in Waco. They lost, um, quick math, 25 points, 74 to 49. Um, 
Texas is at TCU, and they are up right now by 24, 59 to 35 with oh, 11 minutes to go, and TCU's only scored 35 points. Yeah. Um, updates on the stats. These are, these are accurate after the Kansas game. Uh, Ken Palm has you at 14th. This did not change from last night. Your adjusted offense has moved up quite a bit. You're now 56th. Uh, coming up from 71st, your opponent's defense and opponent offense, it took both took a huge jump up. Um, your opponent's defense, 62nd in the country right now. It previously was 167th. Your adjusted defense uh, dropped one spot from third to fourth, but your opponent's offense went from 177th to 89th. Woo. Both that's of those. Kansas, that's a Kansas bump. That's what you call that. Kansas that's a bump. Kansas bump. Getting a little more respect from Eric Haslam. You went from 18th to 13th. Your offense efficiency jumped from 52 to 32, and your defense fell one spot from 7th to 8th. Your strength of schedule, I think up to this point, um, has also skyrocketed now that you've you've played Kansas twice, um, Baylor, as well, there are other games, obviously, but Iowa State's in there twice. Anyways, upcoming games, we talked about it. Mississippi State on Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m. over on ESPN2. Right now, they are taking on the Ken, Ken, Ken Kentucky, Kentucky, <laughs> however you want to say it, Kentucky Wildcats. They are down seven right now with uh, seven and a half to go, 57-50. Pretty good. I mean, because at halftime they were down 37-24, so they've they've made some headway in this second half. I didn't expect that. Kentucky has not lost at home all season, and not only have they not lost at home all season, but I think they've beaten everybody by double digits. And now it's within five still. I mean, Kentucky's up 59-52 to Mississippi State, so one to keep an eye on. Kentucky's ranked number 12th. Number 12. <laughs> number 12th. Yeah, you know, okay. those are those are ways to, ways to say numbers. Uh, Mississippi State thirteen and five, four and two in SEC play. Um, I guess the game I watched on Saturday was uh, Kentucky Auburn. Auburn jumped up to number one of the country after this weekend. They had a big performance uh, at home against the against Kentucky. I do like this uh, this Mississippi State matchup. We we see we've been getting now that we've we've played them in baseball. We're going to play them in basketball. We played them in football. We have upcoming non conference football games against them. It seems like we found a a sister school in the in the SEC that is a lot like us in terms of their their standings in the conference, um, their student body, their their, their fan base. Um, but also they always, like, they're always kind of, they've got to cut that chip on the shoulder of playing second fiddle to Ole Miss. And, you know, we've, we've kind of got that same thing playing second fiddle to UT and I guess A&M, even though diehard tech fans will refuse to believe that that's actually true, but Hey, it's, it's kind of true guys. It's fine. It's fine. It's um, fine. It's okay. It's okay to admit it. One of the big things that, that we've been talking about in our house, and this may be a, a, a section for what we learned, just, uh, just about being self-aware. Um, mm. and, mm. and it's, it's good to be self-aware of who you are, where you're at and you're standing in life because that, that, that tends to help set your, uh, your expectations and your, your, your perspective there. Um, anyways, next, next big 12 game, 
is next Tuesday night against Texas. I don't know. Yeah. 14 and five, four and three. Like I said, we're, they're playing against TCU tonight. ESPN, ESPN two, 8 PM. Um, can I throw a little bit more shade on Goodman? Yes. So I listened, I listened to his, his interview with Gamma Gauchos and I, if you, if you haven't listened to it, you, you can go do it, but I, I rolled my eyes through most of it. Um, not at the Gauchos, of course. No, no, of course not. But just at, at this, this idiot, um, <laughs> because he, he, he was spouting off talking about, well, okay. One thing he, he was saying, like, Texas Tech is, is the, he said the worst job in the big 12. Yes, this was the whole catalyst. This is why Colin Rob reached out to him on Twitter after calling him pathetic and a couple of other things, and the guy actually came on. He went onto their onto their uh, gambling gauchos podcast, which y'all should definitely subscribe to. What we what you find out through the through the interview is that what he meant was it was it, it was results of a poll of other Big Twelve coaches about who had the most difficult job. So it wasn't it wasn't that Texas Tech was the worst job that you didn't have the fan support, the alumni support, um, the admin support, money, facilities, all that kind of stuff. But also, it was from the summer of 2018. Summer of 2018, fellow coaches poll that he's still hanging on to four years later, like nothing has changed. <laughs> Shut up, dude. He did. <laughs> you know, you know, what I was going to say, all right. Oh, no, no. I, I, I brought that up because I was, gonna, I was saying in the interview, he said that he was still trying to figure out if he was going, if he was going to make it down to the Texas game. Um, and as, as, as a big J journal, I was like, you know what that means? Like he said, he had some kind of excuse about like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure that the, the family is okay. Or some square. No, what that means. You don't have a ticket, man. <laughs> it's hard to find a ticket. Start trying to throw your weight around as a as a, a Twitter dude and and not getting the respect in Lubbock, Texas. Well, f off, dude. Maybe you, you, you can drive the six hours from Dallas because you can't figure out how to work an airport and fly. <laughs> because that, that's something else he said. He's like, it's one of the most difficult places to get to in the Big Twelve. He's like, motherfucker, have you have you even like evaluated some of the statements you're making? Because there's there are d- direct flights into Lubbock from other major airports. So you can fly from Dallas. You can fly from a lot of places, Denver, whatever. He said it was easier to get to Waco. That's a complete and his, lie. His, his point was, I fly into Austin and then drive. If you have to fly anywhere and then drive, you've already lost the, 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 the comparison here because you have to do that same thing to get to West Virginia. You have to fly to Pittsburgh and then drive almost two hours to get to Waco. You got to drive to, you got to fly to Dallas or Austin and then drive an hour and a half. It's like, no, and it's on 35. Yeah, 35 is the worst effing highway in the entire country. <laughs> Let's add that to the equation. I I don't get it. I'll, I'll never understand that because where, where does he live? Where's he based out of? Boston, apparently. I, I thought based I, out of Boston, so he could probably get a direct flight to DFW and then to Lubbock. Faster he, than, than he could get no down to. no way he can get a direct flight to Austin. No. To go to Waco. You know, he's still got to go to DFW then. Or Houston or whatever. Austin. But like, yeah, like you're making a connecting flight to get to Austin. Yes, no matter what. So it is uh, as, as as difficult, air quotes, to get to Austin as it is to get to Lubbock. If you're flying it like, it's like, okay, but what about Stillwater and Norman and Ames and Manhattan and Lawrence? Like those don't have airports. 
You have to fly somewhere and then drive. That's still easier than getting to Lubbock. Got to fly to Oklahoma City and drive to Stillwater. That's still easier DCU. than getting to Lubbock. DCU is still like an hour drive from the airport. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. All right. So you've got Texas coming in. Everybody's obviously amped up for that game uh, as you the first of your two conference matchups with the Longhorns as you welcome Chris Beard and the Longhorns into Lubbock. Um, obviously, as we were just talking about, the crowd's going to be absolutely insane. Tuesday night, 8 p.m. And the next Saturday on the road at West Virginia, ESPN, ESPN2 at 1 p.m. That's your upcoming schedule of Big 12 games. Score update, Mississippi State is down to 59 to 57 with five minutes left. There you go. Okay. I think, I think that's my cue. Hey, did y'all know today's episode of the 23 Personal Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. That was a good ad read. Well, it's not really an ad read. It's fantastic. It's just, Sorry, I don't need it's, no, you're good. All it's right. the, uh, it's the, uh, our community, our partner, our partner. What would you, what would you call it? What else would you call it? Um, I've, I've lost the word. Our network network, our podcast network, sports drink. Shout out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. 
Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Pace. <laughs> Whatever you say, dude. All right, let's, um, let's talk some football. There have been some updates with, with the football team. Let's, let's get there. Escape and that picked off. Back to back turnovers and Waters running the other way. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price. 39 yards for the score. Intercepted. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw again. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good! It is good! It is good! Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal! Oh my God, can you believe that? Woo! All right, I know we said we're going to talk about football. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a screenshot from a, a the athletic article kind of circulating around talking about the Texas Tech basketball team uh, following the game in at Kansas. I want to read a little bit about it, a little bit from it um, before we move on to football. This is Texas Tech 15-5, 5-3, net score of 14, strength of schedule 23. What a spectacular basketball team. Honestly, set Monday's final results aside. Ignore who won and who lost the game. It doesn't matter. One bucket there, one bucket here. The outcome was practically a distraction. Fact is, Kansas needed 37 points from Ochai Agbaji and two uphill battle overtimes at Allen Fieldhouse 
to survive a visit from Texas Tech, which remains one of the visually daunting, borderline distressing basketball teams we've watched in years. <laughs> wow. Which is, which is, is like it, it's a, uh, it's such a compliment to hear like how, like people dread playing Texas Tech. Um, Nothing is easy. Nothing is given. Every pass, every dribble, every movement toward the basket is challenged and oftentimes stopped. It all looks miserable. Agbaji was sensational and Kansas was remarkably assured. Um, and Texas Tech still nearly got out of the fog with a road win at least three times. The Red Raiders already beat Baylor at Baylor and Kansas and Lubbock. And yet somehow every time we see this team play, we're even more impressed. Incredible group. And that I saw during the, uh, the broadcast the remaining strength of schedule has Texas tech has the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the big 12. Uh, partly because now you've got both <laughs> the teams that are ranked ahead of you in the conference. You've already played them. Um, well, you, you played Kansas twice. You played Baylor at their house. Um, you've got, you've played Iowa state twice. So you've got the most difficult games behind you. Obviously the Baylor game in, in Lubbock is going to be a, a big one. Um, but according to the rest of the conference, they, they've they've got their work cut out for them. Yeah, I I appreciate you reading that. I wanted to sh- give a shout out to Eamon Brennan, who was the writer of that article on the Athletic. All right, uh, a couple of roster updates for the football team. You got a 2023 quarterback commit in Jake Strong over the weekend. You had a big you had a big uh, junior day in town. You. A lot of guys in town uh, visiting. You'll have an even bigger junior day list this weekend. Um, but 2023 quarterback commit Jake Strong, and I am blanking on where he's from. He's from the Metroplex, I believe, um, or pretty close to it. Is it. Justin? Yeah, Northwest High School out of Justin, Texas. Uh, plays in the same um, division as like, oh... I'm going to pull it up and I'm probably going to get like an autoplay on his highlights. Um, <laughs> Naturally. Gosh. Like some of the, the Colin and Denton County um, areas, the, the schools out there. And I'm totally blanking on it. This is, this is fantastic. No, I couldn't. I, hey, you're, you're further along than me. Yeah. He's at from Northwest high school. And I do not, I have no idea who all is in his would be in their district or who they play. I just, I just want his, his schedule. Was it like max preps then? This is, this is frustrating. Anyways, um, the Northwest Texans. Okay, here we go. They play like their schedule this year included, um, Oh my gosh. It's, I'm so sorry. This is, I've ridiculous. got it. Memorial from Frisco, uh, McKinney North, Grapevine, Abilene Cooper, Arlington Heights, Saginaw, and then uh, Crowley, Granbury, Brewer, and Fort Worth, Azel, and Centennial in Burleson. So, um, not a, not a bad district or non-district games either. Um, they were seven and four on the year, six and one in the league play. They won their district. Um, so looking at it as, as highlight, he's uh, he's kind of a smaller guy. He's six, he's listed at six two two hundred. 
um, with offers from obviously Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Colorado State, Illinois State, Indiana, Sam Houston, Western Carolina, Western Kentucky. Um, watching his his video, you're you're not blown away by his arm strength, but the throws he makes, like they're they're incredibly accurate. Like they're they're I mean obviously it's 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 a highlight tape, right? Like you're you're showing the best of the best. Um but even like of the plays you're seeing, like the touchdowns he's throwing and all that kind of stuff, um it's not that like a receiver is breaking a tackle and going seventy five yards. He's throwing these guys open. Um he's like I said, he's not like throwing deep bombs and just getting lucky on, on fifty fifty jump balls. Like he's threading passes through 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 defenses he's hitting guys on just crazy accurate uh routes um so i it wasn't a guy that blew me away like when i was like who's jake strong and then like the more i, I looked at it I was like actually i actually really like this guy um he threw 2300 yards completing 65 percent of his passes with 29 touchdowns and five interceptions as a sophomore uh, was district MVP last year, again, through 2,300 yards, 60% of his passes, 29 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, uh, ran a little bit more, um, 900 yards as a junior, uh, but it wasn't like a, like, like he was, uh, like an option quarterback. Um, but the thing that I really liked, um, or that, that, that I really like is that this is a guy that you're not going to be relying on as your starting quarterback in 2022. Right. So if you have concerns about his arm strength, you've got a couple of years to work on that. But what you, what you really do like that you, that you can work with is his accuracy. Um, like I said, like if you haven't watched it yet, go watch the recruiting profile up on staking the planes, watch his junior season highlights and just watch it. Like he's not throwing into traffic. He's throwing his guys open. He's, he's, he's hitting guys where only his receiver can catch it. Um, and it's not, it's like I said, the receivers aren't making him look better by breaking tackles and like outrunning guys. Like they're just, he's just dropping dimes. Yeah, he is. I, I'm watching it as you're talking and he is just hitting these guys in stride. The ball is just showing up exactly on the current route that they're running. They're not having to make any adjustments and they're just going up and grabbing it. So that's like you mentioned, that's a highlight. Uh, something else that, that kind of caught my eye and that Seth mentioned too here on the stake in the plains article is Wes Kitley, uh, you know, Wes, Zach, Zach Kitley, obviously must've offered him or had at least known of this guy, because you mentioned it leading, uh, reading off his list of offers that, uh, Western Kentucky was one of them. They were obviously in the mix. And then when Texas tech hires their, uh, you know, their offensive coordinator, then that kind of becomes, who he's still pursuing and who he's, who he's interested in. So that's, uh, this could be Kitley's guy. It could be somebody that he's been looking at for a long time, been talking to for a while and feel strongly about. And Kitley has been known to evaluate quarterbacks very well. And it, it may not have taken a lot of convincing with McGuire, or it may have just kind of come up naturally, but, I think that's that's good to know too. It's not like I don't think these guys just went out and grabbed a guy. It, it was obviously somebody that Kitley was, um, you know, very aware of, probably for at least a, a year or two. 
Yeah, and 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 I would I would point back to saying you know look at look at one of the other quarterbacks that Kitley and and uh, Kingsbury recruited. Like Patrick Mahomes was not a was not a highly rated guy when they went after him. Um, I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that Jake Strong will be Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm just saying like you can't always count on recruiting services to know everybody. Um, but if your offensive coordinator gets the guy that he wants, then that's that's who I want. Like well, who who just won the Heisman this year? Uh, Bryce the quarterback Young. for Alabama. Yeah, and you know who was the first offer? Texas yeah, Tech. Kingsbury. Kingsbury. <laughs> Kingsbury in eighth in grade. <laughs> yeah, they offered him way way early because they could see it then. So uh, yeah, there, there's there's something to that. And uh, you know, the more I kind of look into it, and the more I look at it that way. Because at first I was like, who is this guy? I've never heard of this guy. Where'd he come from? Uh, and then you have oh, kind of a smaller school. They went seven and four last year. They did lose their playoff game by a touchdown, so it was close. But then you start kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit more and actually seeing the kid play, and you think, okay. And then just the sheer size of him, you know, at this age, to be going into your senior year and you're already 6'2", 200, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. One of the other big pieces of news from the Texas Tech football roster is linebacker Brandon Boyer-Randall announced that he is, uh, announced his intentions to transfer. He's entered the transfer portal um, with a very interesting tweet, Michael. And there was some some discussion within our, our own little uh, Instagram, not Instagram, our Twitter DMs about the way that the, the phrase transfer portal is highlighted, mm-hmm. like it was a, an edit However, well, anyways, the phrase that really stuck out to me, like he's very complimentary of, of the program and, and Coach Wells and Kirby Hocutt. Um, but due to organizational decisions out of my control, I have entered the transfer portal. Yeah. So he was obviously cut or um, did not see eye to eye with the staff or they didn't see eye to eye with him or, you know, he was going to be disciplined for something and chose to leave instead. I have no idea. I mean, it, it just really leaves it open. The other thing that stuck out to me too, in his statement, um, you know, like you said, he was complimentary of Wells and Hocut. and the next sentence, his second sentence is with this opportunity, I was able to earn two master's degrees, which is ridiculous. Congratulations, young man. Yes, unreal. Absolutely. <laughs> He's because he, he and he signs it. I would too. Damn, I would too. He he signs it. Brandon B. Randall, MBA, MS. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. How you sign that. <laughs> so love it. Best of luck to, to Boyer Randall. It was one of those things. I, I mean, obviously, um, we, when when you get a contributor like Boyer Randall announcing his intentions to transfer, that. Uh, you know, obviously coming on, on the heels of a new staff coming in, there's there's some kind of personality or um, scheme fit issue, right? Um, because if you're looking at, at trimming some fat off the roster to make room for other guys, like you're not going to go after contributors first. Um, you're going to look at guys that have been here for a few years and haven't done anything. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't obviously look at linebackers and then go after Brandon Boyer and was like, Hey man, we actually need this spot open for somebody else. Yeah. Um, unless there was something else going on. So 
whatever that is, it really doesn't matter. Best of luck to him and his, his next place of, of, uh, athletic competition. Uh, I hope he gets, you know, the, the best opportunity to, to go highlight his skills, um, and be able to, to pursue professional football. If that's something he wants to do. Speaking, Michael, of professional football, we mentioned this at the very opening of the show. Divisional round of the playoffs in the NFL were this weekend. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Um, four games. All four games had a field goal go through the uprates as time expired. Three of those were game winners. One game extender. Really, um, one, it was interesting and surprising, at least to me, that the Rams were able to do what they did to the the Bucks. Um I can appreciate that. The last second heroics of the 49ers at Lambeau where they, they blocked a punt with like a oh minute to go, recovered it for a touchdown. Just um, a slog of a game up until that point. I think it was, what was it, 10 to 3? It was like 10 degrees and it started to snow. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then then uh, obviously 49ers put up like 10 points in the last minute. Um, but I think the game of the weekend really has to be that Bills and Chiefs game. My goodness, I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch most of the game. I turned it on when we got back from uh, my in-laws after dinner on Sunday. Essentially, turned it on. They were coming back from the commercial break at the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. So I watched the last two minutes of regulation plus overtime, where the Bills scored the touchdown with like a minute fifty-three left. And got the two point conversion. Yeah, the two point conversion, and and that was to tie it, right? No, that that put him up by three. Okay, that, that that put him up by three. Then the Chiefs got the ball. Mahomes um, and the offense scored entirely too quickly, um, and gave the ball back after a touchdown with like a minute to go. And then the defenses really just fell apart. The Chiefs allowed the Bills to score a touchdown with 13 seconds left. And I'm I'm just thinking like. Like I was just, I was like, as, as my lifelong Chiefs fandom here, I was, I was <laughs> gutted. I was heartbroken. I was like, wow. Like, how do you come back from that? Like the emotions of like, they, they score late, you know, after the two minute warning to go up by three. And then you, you have that really awesome drive to retake the lead, um, to then just give it right back. And uh, unfortunately, like the receiver put that, uh, that Chiefs corner on his butt and made him look really stupid. Um, but then, like I said, Patrick Mahomes, two plays got them within field goal range. Um, and Harrison Butker kicked the, oh my gosh, sorry. That's my work phone gone from the background. Uh, kick, kicked the game extending field goal as time expired, descended to overtime. Chiefs won the, the, the toss, the toss coin toss. Yes. Yeah, they did got the ball first and essentially just kept the, the offense rolling from what you saw at the end of the, the, the of regulation march down the field and score a touchdown to end it. Uh, another thing that, that really stuck out to me because I did watch, I had the game on the whole time, but you know, when you have a five-year-old and you're trying to get them to bed and all that kind of stuff, it, you miss, you miss quite a bit. But what I was able to watch um, I just couldn't believe that Josh Allen was able to make the plays he was making. Uh, he was trucking guys. He was sending guys to the tent. Um, he was just 
making incredible passes, being super evasive. I didn't watch much Bills football this year, except when they played the Chiefs earlier. Um, and, you know, they beat them. And that was kind of the beginning of, well, is this the end of the Chiefs? No, uh, it's not. And then the Bills even had kind of that same thing later. I think a few weeks later, was this the end of the Bills? They were started off so hot. But Josh Allen is, is great to watch. Uh, I really loved watching him play. I could not believe he made that fourth and 13 touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. That then went on to get that two-point conversion. That was at the end of like an eight-minute drive, Spencer. It was beautiful. They were trying to just milk as much clock as they could and score a touchdown. I think they went for it on fourth down at least twice on that drive. Uh, maybe three times. They they opened going for it on fourth down on their first drive and scored. I think they went for it on fourth down twice on their first drive. So they weren't messing around, uh, coming right out the gate. Another thing, since you didn't watch, you may not have realized the the Chiefs kicker missed a field goal going into halftime, and he also missed an extra point. Mm. So that that's could have changed the scope of the game quite yes, a bit. Absolutely, had those gone in. Um, but wow, just what a game! I don't know if you saw this either. The those two passing plays at the end of regulation were basically just kind of schoolyard plays that Kelsey came up with. I did see that uh, from the, the, the post game uh, availability of the press conference afterwards. They, <laughs> Kelsey said, yeah, Mahomes, I'm, I'm not running the route. I'm just going to find open space. <laughs> yeah. And, and now there's audio of that. Yeah. There is actually like an audio of him. Like, Hey, that, if, Hey Kelsey, do it, do they're, it. They're playing the seam <laughs> like this. So I'm going to do that. And all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's just wing it. Let's just wing it and go to the AFC championship for the fourth time in a row. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible player. I, um, I'll just touch on the NFC just a little bit is I, I didn't realize how happy I would be to see Matt Stafford succeed. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm legit <laughs> pumped for the guy. Cause I was never like a huge Matt Stafford fan. I mean, he went to Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, who cares? I don't like Georgia. I mean, but he's from Dallas. Yeah, that I rooted for him <laughs> because of that, and um, he was kind of in the same class as Graham, right? Is that right, or around that same time as Graham Harrell? Let me see. I uh, was born in '88, so maybe they went to the same um, camps and stuff. I, I don't know, but anyway, I. I watched enough lions over the years and you know, they had Megatron and everything, which was awesome. But, um, I don't, I I just was so surprised at how excited I I am for this guy to win his first two playoff games. And he's winning them back to back and he's winning them on a different team. The first year he's on a team that seems to be run with some sort of competency. Um, and a pulse. So I'm really happy for him. Yeah. So he played, uh, Oh six, Oh seven, Oh eight at Georgia. started as a true freshman in Oh six season after coming in as a five star quarterback, uh, number two, number one, uh, rated recruit in the country coming out of Highland park high school. So yeah, I'm, um, on the NFC side, I'm definitely going to be rooting for the Rams over the 49ers because screw them and Jimmy G. Yep. Um, Same. And then, uh, I mean, 
yes, obviously I want the Chiefs to win, but the Chiefs Bengals uh, AFC game is going to be pretty entertaining as well. Man, y'all heard me gush about that Chiefs Bengals game that was either week. 17 or 18, I don't remember, but it was right before the the regular season ended, and it was fantastic. I fully expect this one to be just as good. I don't know how anything could be as good as the Bills game, but uh, Joey Burrow is the real deal. It's, I I think he's someone I'm going to root for every time he's on the field, except when he's playing Pat Mahomes. And, and, Probably except when he's playing Dallas. I don't hey. want to confirm that for sure yet. <laughs> Speaking of though, um, there there was there was a lot of some some smoke or just rumors about the the future of Mike McCarthy as the Cowboys head coach. Um, and they were saying like, well, it's kind of telling that Jerry Jones hasn't come out and said anything about it yet. That he hasn't come out and gave him the the vote of confidence. We're just going to keep on going with with old Mike. We're just going to keep going with him. <laughs> and there were a lot of people like, y- you know, who who would be available? Who who might be really good is uh, Sean Payton. And then today announced that he's stepping away from from the Saints to pursue acting to because he got so mad of at, <laughs> no idea the King of Queens <laughs> doing <laughs> being himself in a movie. Doing them dirty. Um, the other thing I want to mention before we, we, we finish up, because we talked about a lot of non-text tech things. We are uh, three and a half weeks away from first pitch of the text tech baseball season. That That's right. The Was it February 19th is the first game uh, in Arlington where you get that, that big tournament um, set up with some SEC schools. Oklahoma and TCU, I believe, are coming in from the Big 12 as well. Um, so I think you get... Oh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm just going to look it up really quickly. But it, it's a it's a fantastic weekend of 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 baseball for Texas Tech to start out. I believe Michigan is going to be in that group as well. So yes. it's not just uh, that's not, who you play first. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's, it's not SEC. Well, there is one SEC school: Michigan, Auburn, Arizona. Um, like I said, I believe Oklahoma and TCU are also coming in to this tournament as well. You start Friday the 18th, seven o'clock. Globe Life Field, home of the Texas Rangers there in Arlington. You get the Auburn game at three. I think uh, Rob Rowe is actually hosting a, a watch party there uh, on on the premises for the, I think the, that's the second Texas basketball game uh, in, in, in Austin will be the morning of the Febu- of February 19th. So you are correct about Texas. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Oklahoma and who did you say from the Big 12? TCU? It's Kansas State. Oh. Kansas State instead of TCU. That's not as good of a Big 12 draw. <laughs> um, anyways, if, if you want to you, you know hang out with, with Rob Rowe and catch seven hours of Texas Tech athletics, uh, there's definitely going to be, like he said, like I said, he's trying to get together a watch party there uh, pretty close to the, the Globe Life Field, and then to go in and watch Texas Tech play Auburn at three. Um, so as we get close, we're obviously going to be playing our, uh, our intro music for baseball. I'll play it in the background for you so you can hear it. Be excited about baseball coming up again. Um, <laughs> you've got Dallas Baptist on your schedule, Kent state, uh, Merrimack, Mississippi state. There's, there's your, 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 uh, old, old civil warship. Yeah. They're Merrimack, but, uh, Mississippi State, Rice, oh. New Mexico, Iowa is on the schedule up in Iowa. 
that could be a cold game. Um, Cal Baptist, and then you start Big 12 play with Texas in Lubbock, March 25th. Um, SFA, Kansas, Grand Canyon. They, they've actually had a pretty good baseball program. Um, interestingly enough, this is weird. This is random. There is a, a glove repair shop that I follow on TikTok, and mainly because it's just like really satisfying to watch. You just post these like time-lapse videos of him cleaning gloves, and you're like, you wouldn't believe how dirty some of these things get. But he also does, um, like he goes live a lot, a lot of nights uh, where he will re- relace a glove um anyways long story short he's based in arizona he went to grand canyon he's a big grand canyon baseball fan um anyways kansas state uh then you get the weird one non-conference game against oklahoma and amarillo people Uh, love that last year though well it's a really it's really cool to play that people loved going up there to play it's cool to play up there in the in that that uh that stadium I guess regionally it makes sense to play Oklahoma. Um, you know who else could be cool? I mean, it, it, Oklahoma has got the better program, obviously, but like New Nebraska, Mexico. you know, New Mexico, Colorado, like an old Big Twelve school. Um, bring them down. I, I, again, it's not like all that close to them to come down to Amarillo, as you can get more fans from. Anyways. You got TCU in Fort Worth. Uh, you make a return trip to play at New Mexico. You host West Virginia this year. As you remember last year, you were at West Virginia. That was the play. That was like a series where uh, uh, Jace Young hit a foul ball into the radio booth, and they had video of Jeff <laughs> Haxton catching it. So you'll get the return trip. Um, Abilene Christian, Michael's favorite secondary school. Boo. Um, Baylor in Waco, Abilene Christian again. You get single games there. Boo. Uh, Oklahoma State in Stillwater, and then you wrap up the Big Twelve and your regular season hosting Oklahoma, uh, May nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first. Like I said, as we get closer, we'll definitely be doing a lot more uh, preparing you guys for that. There's a lot of roster movements. Your preseason rankings are a little bit lower, um, and, and we'll get into why some of that is. And if you aren't, obviously you need to be heading out over and checking out Red Raider Dugout and the Dinger Derby podcast put on by Keith B. Patrick. Um, he and Randy and those guys all do a fantastic job of covering Texas Tech baseball. And we're going to be um, doing what we can. But if, if, if you're going to look, if, if you're going to be looking for some really in-depth stuff, uh, they've got access and, and perks that Michael and I just don't have. <laughs> Correct. And which knowledge. Is, which is not a knock. Like that's and awesome. knowledge we don't have. Wow, absolutely. Um that they did they did post their roster. Uh, Tex Tech Baseball did post their rosters. There's some interesting moves there. Um they've got a last couple of uh inter-squad scrimmages going on to to finalize the roster because it's got to get down to I think to forty players and they've got a few players to get to to cut down to get to that. But anyways, Tex Tech Baseball is about three and a half weeks away. I'm super excited about it. Um, but I don't think there's anything else, Michael. Let's, let's get to what we learned and, and wrap this thing up. Sounds good. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, so I'll, I'll go first. It's really quick. Um, I watched uh, randomly. Well, I didn't watch. I had it on the TV while I was working this morning. I'm working from home most days these, uh, these days. 
I had Wyatt Earp on TV today. Um, maybe Which the, I have never seen. Maybe the first time I've watched that movie all the way through. Um, a lot more violent. I mean, I, not that you wouldn't expect the movie about Wyatt Earp not to be violent, but um, a lot more than I was expecting. But afterwards, I was going through, I was like, I'm really in the mood to watch Tombstone now. And it's not on Netflix, but <laughs> White Earp is on, on, on Tombstone. But in my search for Tombstone on Netflix, There Will Be Blood came up um, as a similar title. It's not really similar, but um, and it reminded me, one, I took a, this was a special elective class at Texas Tech in my electronic media major um, about film trailers. And we, we watched a lot, a lot of great films in that, in that class. But we also, as, as our capstone project for the course, we re-edited a film trailer. Um, and the movie I selected was There Will Be Blood. I, I want to I interject quickly to say that I genuinely find that fascinating. I would love a class about film trailers. Okay, go ahead. That was fantastic. Really quickly, Mississippi State ended up falling at Kentucky. It, we, it looks like that game went to overtime. Wow. Um, 8274. So they did not do well in overtime, but um, that game went, just went final. Um, so yeah, I, I recut the trailer to There Will Be Blood. In, in all of this, just to say, I got really into the soundtrack for There Will Be Blood. And I was playing it again today. I was like, man, this is a really great soundtrack. Um, it was written by the guitarist for Radiohead. Um, I'm going to look him up really quickly, but. Uh, if you are not familiar, how could you not be familiar with Radiohead? Um, yeah, but I don't know his guitarist. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Greenwood. Okay. I don't remember. The, I only watched that movie once. It was several years ago. I drink your milkshake. Yes. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> Love Daniel Day Lewis, by the way. I remember all that. Fantastic. And then that, that poor kid's just like, it's constantly getting reduced to just sobbing and like high pitched squealing almost of just, yeah, well, he was, he, he had a rough, he had a rough go. Um, I, I need to check that out because I, I do enjoy a good soundtrack. I'm, I'm going to dig it up. That's good, man. That's good. So, uh, if you haven't listened to it, there will be blood soundtrack. The couple ones early on, on the, the track list that really hit, tracks three and four prospectors arrive and eat him by his own light oh wow god that's poetic eat him by what that just sounds so menacing yeah and there was actually some uh some drama why like it was nominated for a grammy in the best score soundtrack album for motion picture um but it ended up being disqualified because there was like there was a riff in one of the songs from the soundtrack that actually came up on a Radiohead album. Like, oh, come on. Like he had reused like a, a little riff or something. Like, well, it's not original. <laughs> it's his own stuff. Well, I know. I know. Um, no, sorry. It was, it was a contender for the Academy Awards for best original score in the 2008 Academy Awards. It was ruled ineligible to its use of pre-existing material, but it was coming back from um, a song they used and there was a um anyways yeah well that sucks there was some of his original work 
reused in his soundtrack work, but they said it's not original for the movie, so it's ineligible. Anyways, it's fantastic. Check it out. There will be blood. Well, I learned that binders make a difference, and let me explain. Binders like a three-ring binder with paper? No, Cheap no. Protectors? The, the truth that binders... No, I, I've... The tie that binders? Dang it. I forgot. The... No, what... Um, ever since I've been interested in grilling and smoking meats, everyone's like, well, you got to slap mustard on it or you got to put something on it or all the seasoning's going to fall off. And very few times have I done that. One, because I have a weird thing with my hands. I don't want to like rub mustard and meat with my hands that just sounds gross and this it, was before i realized that neoprene gloves existed and all this kind of stuff i it, was really it is it is a weird feeling I'll, it's I'll awful back you up and on you, that yeah and when the meat is super you like you just pull it out of the fridge and it's like oh great yeah now my hands are freezing i have frostbite because this brisket is 17 pounds and i'm just slathering mustard on it or as it's as it's starting to warm up and the fat is getting a little softer Ugh, that's yeah. the worst mm-hmm. you're trying to trim it that happened to me not too long ago. Yeah, Almost yeah. was like, I got to throw this back in the freezer because <laughs> I got to fin this up. You got to You got to trim briskets cold. Right, go yeah. Um, Binders. But I did. If y'all heard the instant reaction this weekend, I was in the middle of a beef rib cook. Never done beef ribs before. They turned out fine. They turned out great. I'm always my own worst critic. Everyone else seemed to like them, but I felt like I could have done better. I may have trimmed too much fat. I don't know. But one thing I did do this time that I never do is I used a binder. What what binder did you use? I went with Frank's Red Hot. Okay, because I was going to ask you because that's like, what I had. Well, a, a lot of people say to just use mustard, you won't taste it. But I've actually gotten on board with using hot sauce before, like Frank's or Louisiana hot sauce, and that uh, there 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 actually I is taste a difference. Well, see, I could and just very very it's very subtle right but it like there was a little bit of a, a taste there's like i can tell this wasn't just a uh um a mustard binder because there was just a little extra bite to it well I, I will tell you this i was well the frank's red hot we have a big bottle and Love i think i i didn't do a good job of shaking it the first few times i use it or the first several times i used it because now it's kind of watery which i mean i hate that it's actually vinegar so, but go on yeah. Well, well yeah, actually, you know. yeah. Sorry. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks, Spencer. Um, so I used that as a binder because I had it and I had just read a thing of someone else saying the same thing. Like I just use some hot sauce, whatever you've got around. It's going to, doesn't matter. It's a piece of huge piece of beef. You'd be fine. Yeah. But what I was really impressed with is I'll be damned that salt and pepper stuck to that meat like glue. Mm hmm. I mean, I wrapped it after it was done and let it rest and, and everything. I, I didn't wrap it while I was cooking. I just wrapped it in butcher paper, put it in a cooler, let it rest. And, you know, I pulled it off the paper. I mean, that that it was practically stuck to the meat. There was just no way that seasoning was coming off. And so I have learned that it's legit. I just was like, why do these people need all these binders? Are they just putting dry meat out there, you know, I think I said that on this podcast a couple of times <laughs> and then I finally was, I was nervous about this cause it was different and I was having, you know, we were having both our sets of parents over and I was like, okay, uh, let me, let me do it. And, uh, it was great. I've, I was really impressed with how well the seasoning stuck. So 
that is what I learned. Binders apparently make a difference and a hot sauce binder it's really good. is even better. Yeah. Yep. Cause now, we always have hot sauce around. If you, if you are still on the, on the fence about using a binder, what you can do is if you want to separate out your, your rub and do salt first and let the meat sweat and then put the rest of your seasoning on there, that could also work. But you, that, that takes quite a bit longer because you got to wait for the, the meat to start releasing some of the, the surface moisture mm-hmm. that would then act as your binder. But you could also just put some Frank's or Louisiana hot sauce on it and just go to town, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, I'd seen a lot of people talk about using Dale's or soy sauce, but the consistency is all wrong. It, it's it's mean, too light. It's way too light. You need something with some, some thickness to it. And so, yeah, hot sauce is great. Some thick, thick, thick six. All right. I don't know. With that, that'll wrap it up for us on the 23 personnel podcast. I'm still so jealous of the, of the beef ribs that Michael was able to put on this, on the smoker this weekend. Um, we got some basketball coming up. Baseball is just around the corner for Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.